Welcome to the Mind of Smoothie Podcast. You are now tuned in and listening to the Mind of Smoothie Podcast. What is going on? It is your boy, Smoothie, but of course, welcoming you to the Mind of Smoothie podcast. If you are new here, welcome. I invite you to come for the entertainment, stay for the journey. Without further ado, we're about to get started. Sit back, relax, let's get into it. When I was growing up, the 4th of July was always one of my favorite summer holidays. I know, not that there are many summer holidays, but this one was my favorite. It was a a marking point to say that in a week or two, we would be heading to the shore for our yearly family vacation. But it was also a time to see aunts and uncles who you wouldn't see every day. And your whole family typically got together. Our whole family did get together as my parents hosted. We'd start the day by going to the parade and a local flea market, procuring our fireworks and sparklers and all that good stuff. It was a day where I remember distinctly saying that it was my day to be a pyro. Maybe that's not the best way to put it, but it was. I was able to use a lighter myself and light sparklers, but I felt like I had some power with that. We'd go back after the parade. We'd enjoy a cookout, games in the backyard, horseshoes, and just hanging out. It was always a good, fun time. And then we would do that for the remainder of the afternoon, then the fireworks in the evening. As we got older, of course, alcohol was involved. And after the fireworks, the party continued. The celebration continued into the wee hours of the morning. And we're here. It is July 2nd as of this recording, getting ready to celebrate the 4th of July once again for another year, though that tradition has long gone. New traditions have been formed since I've gotten married that still I look forward to and cherish. Unfortunately, for the folks of Two Rivers, their 4th of July would never, ever be the same. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are going to be talking about the 1996 horror comedy slasher flick Uncle Sam. He wants you, and he wants you dead. Just when you thought it was safe to stand up and salute the flag, Uncle Sam is back with a vengeance. A Kuwaiti military unit discovered a mass grave in the desert. They positively identified the body. Jody, stay away from the coffin. You never fought for your country. You just killed for the love of killing. Now, Uncle Sam has a contract on America. <gasps> Draft dodgers, watch out. Someone's been killed. Tax cheaters, beware. <laughs> no one will ever burn another flag. <laughs> Nobody will ever desecrate another grave. And no politician will ever tell another lie. And the July 4th weekend will never be the same again. From William Lustig, director of Maniac and the Maniac Cup trilogy, comes an all-new terror experience. 
Uncle Sam. He's a red-blooded, all-American nightmare. Uncle Sam wants you dead. Uncle Sam was a horror-slash-horror-comedy-slash-slasher released in 1996, and it was a prime time for the genre, the slasher genre, as it was beginning to gain popularity once again. Films such as Scream being the big one, the big catalyst for it all. I Know What You Did Last Summer. It was definitely a resurgence around this time of the slasher film. Uncle Sam was directed by William Lustig, whose credits include Maniac from 1980 and the Maniac Cop trilogy. Currently, he serves as the CEO of Blue Underground, which releases a lot of DVDs and movies that are considered cult classics or unreleased exploitation films and films such as Uncle Sam. It was this movie was written by Larry Cohen, who was prominent in the black exploitation era of cinema. Credits there include Hell Up in Harlem and Black Caesar, but he also did some screenwriting work on more current movies such as Phone Booth and Cellular. Unfortunately, he had passed away. I believe Wikipedia said in 2019. Uncle Sam was a direct-to-video release, and it was shot with a budget of $2 million. Uncle Sam tells the story of Master Sergeant Sam Harper, who was gunned down over the Kuwait desert, presumably by friendly fire. Uh, After a year or so, his remains were recovered and sent back to his family in the town of Twin Rivers. They don't state the state which it was, but... Wikipedia linked it to being Twin Rivers, New Jersey. More or less, it shows the parallels of small town, suburban, Independence Day or Fourth of July traditions. And because in a lot of these places, they are considered, and much like my experience, to be a big deal uh, that people look forward to each and every year. His remains were sent back, though, to this town, and things weren't 100% patriotic or American here. Only one person... Uncle Sam could right those wrongs and correct those injustices. That's what we're looking at as far as the story goes and what it's about. This town of Twin Rivers would never be the same and never look at the 4th of July the same way again after this year. I picked out a handful of cast members here. There was a lot of credits. Um, Some of the names looked vaguely familiar to me, but they didn't stand out, and I didn't dig in to see what they were in or what they were most notably known for, but I picked a handful of the what I felt to be the important characters, so we're going to talk about them right now. The first being David Fralick. He played the role of Sam Harper, a.k.a. Uncle Sam. He has some credits to his name, of course. Um, his most notable credit, however, is playing the role of Larry Wharton on the CBS soap opera Young and the Restless. He also played alongside Nicolas Cage, in Gone in 60 Seconds, and did some work with Jean-Claude Van Damme. This all, again, according to Wikipedia. Christopher Ogden, who played the role of Jody Baker, Sam's nephew. His most notable credit, at least that stood out to me, was playing the young Steve-O in the film SLC Punk, which starred Matthew Iliard, and he played the... who Matthew Iliard played the lead role of Steve-O in that movie. Christopher Ogden played his younger version. Then we have Leslie Neal. She played the role of Sally Baker. Uh, She was the mother to Jody, sister to Sam. She had many TV roles, including some roles on Seinfeld and Dallas, 
a whole lot of credits on TV. Uh, she also had some roles in the movies Gremlins 2 and Honey, I Blow Up the Kid. Next, we have Anne-Marie Tremko. She played Louise Harper. Louise was the widowed or widow of Sam Harper. Um, she seemed very reluctant to find out that he had perished because uh, she was under the impression that he may or may not still be alive. Her most notable role, um, she had small roles here and there on different TV programs. Um, her most, most notable was playing the role of Leslie Burke on Saved by the Bell, The College Years. It looks like, if I'm remembering correctly from looking at Wikipedia, she's not really active anymore in acting as of now. Uh, it looks like her last role was in 2003. Then we have Isaac Hayes, who played the character of Jed. This man needs really no introduction. Um, he's a singer-songwriter, notable credits. I mean, he has a lot of songs notable for the uh, uh, theme to Shaft. He has a lot of acting roles, too. They might be smaller parts. Uh, a couple of the ones that stood out to me were the movie CB4, Robin Hood, Men's in, Men in Tights, which he played the role of a sneeze. Uh, I guess to David Chappelle's uh, a Chew character, which was funny. I didn't. I have to go back and watch that now because I did not realize that was Isaac Hayes. But most notably, he is famous for playing the role of chef on hit animated series on Comedy Central South Park. He passed away unfortunately as well back in 2009. He played the role. I don't think I said it earlier. He played the role of Jed, who was a fellow soldier and kind of maybe gave. Sam the the wrong impressions of war and what it's about and he's very remor remorseful of that fact and you'll learn all about that once you watch the film. The other character of note here was PJ Souls. Uh, she played the role of Madge Cronin but she's most notable for her role as Linda Vanderklok. I think Clock. Yeah, I can't read my writing. Linda in the 1978 film Halloween she was the one who got killed by her after her boyfriend got killed, who was wearing the ghost mask. Um, and she, you know, has a lot of roles in horror films, but she also was in, which I didn't realize, um, the movie Stripes, uh, which was in the 80s with Bill Murray and The Devil's Reject. So there's a list or a look at some of the cast. It's it's quite an impressive cast. Like I said, take the time to maybe go to the Wikipedia page and maybe I missed some people who, who are prominent. Uh, again, I kind of wanted to get this episode out by the 4th of July and kind of ran down to the last minute so it is kind of rushed. So please bear with it. I do encourage you to check out the cast and all that they have to offer. And now let's take a just a little bit look at the story and some of the plot points and things that I I found interesting with the movie Uncle Sam. When I sat down and thought about what the next topic I should cover here on the Mind of Smoothie podcast was, I remembered back to 2020, and the last episode that I released was the episode uh, where, where I talked about My Bloody Valentine, and of course that was released around, well, shortly after Valentine's Day. So I said, wouldn't it be fun to release a new episode dealing with a horror movie that has to do with Independence Day or the 4th of July. And as I Googled around to try and find some movies, I came across Jaws. Of course, that's probably the most prominent one. Then there's more recent films such as I Know What You Did Last Summer. And I know even just in terms of the date-wise within the movie, Return of the Living Dead, which takes place on July 3rd, 
but I wanted something that was maybe a little bit more out there, something that I hadn't seen before and was willing to check out. So I stumbled across the movie Uncle Sam and looking at the poster, I thought this is going to be great. I've never seen it and I'm looking forward to watching it and watch it is what I did right now. You, if you've never seen this film, you can check it out. It is currently streaming for free on the Tubi streaming platform, which there are ads, but it is free and they have a lot of good movies I was watching. And when I say good ones that interest me and I, you know, I spent the past couple of days actually watching a lot of the films on there. You know, they have more than just horror. They have regular mainstream movies, theater releases, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. I was fortunate enough to have this on here, and I am so glad that I did decide to watch this film. So right now I'm going to just kind of give a, maybe a little review and just point out some things uh, that I appreciated with this movie. If you look at the, the critic score and, and the ratings, it hasn't done very well on the internet. I think four and a half out of 10 stars was IMDb, if I'm remembering correctly. I'm going strictly from the top of my head. But I I truly did appreciate this movie for what it was. It was a good movie in terms of it did what it set out to do. It brought you into that 4th of July holiday, the 4th of July celebrations. It took me back. Granted, the celebrations and the activities that were going on within here were slightly different than what I grew up with, but the fact that the whole town pretty much came together. And you've seen this in a lot of other movies that are not horror-related, dealing with the 4th of July. But this one, it did a real good job of bringing that element into it and telling the story of this decorated war hero, or so we're led to believe, and, you know, how his family and his nephew, you know, how they viewed him and different people who he knew from the past viewed uh, Master Sergeant Sam Harper. It was not what I quite expected in, in the film in, in terms of it was very open-ended. So I, I will say that it didn't establish certain plot points. It didn't establish um, certain things like I wasn't unsure. And also there was just some interesting things that I, I took note of. So one of them being we see in the beginning of the film, and I'm going to try and do this without giving any spoilers away, but just to put that out there, there may be spoilers. I'm not going to do limit my discussion on what I think of this film. But we see in the beginning he is in a downed helicopter and we're informed by the people who come looking for him that it was a friendly fire, you know, that probably took him down. And Sam proceeds, he looks dead, but he proceeds to kill the two people who came out to search for him for whatever reason and he you know, says it's just some friendly fire, you know, kind of a playoff of what they had said when they were coming to look for him. So I got that and everything, but it didn't kind of explain why he was like that. Like it kind of just opened up and bam, it's in your face. And we do learn later that Sam had issues. He was anger issues. He was an alcoholic and it led to his joining the army to release this anger and to really just justify his excuse for his urges to kill and everything. When he comes back, when they send his remains back, and this this part was the first part that really truly baffled me. I've never seen, and maybe this is common or was common or at some point or whatever, but they the army delivers his remains to the household of his sister, and that is where the casket stays. Now, most of the time you would think it would go to a funeral home and that 
the remains will be held there until burial. But in any event, they drop the casket off. And so his casket is in the home of Sally Baker and Jody Baker. And Jody, not being scared of this, you would think everybody else is uneasy, especially his sister, whose home it is, and his widow, um, Louise. They are very taken aback by it. But because Jody looked up to him so much, it was you know, an honor. And he wanted to give, he had all his medals and he wanted to put the medals in, into the coffin with him. But that was advised against by his parents and just to leave it alone, which kind of stunk for him because he didn't get to get to see him or give, you know, one last final goodbye because his, you know, body wasn't in any condition for viewing. But I thought that was weird that they dropped it off there. But then we learn that the 4th of July is coming up and he does partially open the coffin. Jody does. And they show a scene in the in the cemetery where he is to be buried, and there's three teenagers drinking, burning an American flag, desecrating tombstones, putting a swastika on it because '90s, I guess, didn't quite understand the thing. And this kind of brings him back to life. So this is the part I was confused at. I, aside from that, like what drove him to come back to life, back alive on the Fourth of July? But in any event. He comes back to life, goes to the cemetery after confronting the person who plays Uncle Sam in the parade, which would be the following morning on stilts, which you see a lot. That's a common theme when you look at any movies or even your own maybe parades in your own town. Uncle Sam on stilts, that I don't understand either, but he wasn't a very nice person. That was probably the first injustice that we see. Uh, He's peeping into the windows of this young girl. So Sam kills him and takes his costume, and that's how he walks around through the remainder of the movie. We see him go through and and take vengeance across the town, and I found it interesting. Here's another point. We go back, then we come to the next day at this fair, and one of the teens who was in the cemetery the previous night, who, who did get away, was slated to sing the national anthem. So he does it in a very mocking and disrespectful way. So they pull him off stage and continue to sing. But it struck me as odd because he continues to to stay there and be part of the festivities. Um, you see him later on participating in the potato sack, sack race. And I was like, why wouldn't they just take him out? But So little things like that that kind of didn't make sense to me. Um, but I guess in terms of just to keep the film moving and to keep keep things going now stepping back a second too i also didn't understand why uh sam's ash or sam's body had returned a few days before the fourth of july and they had a little funeral in the home and but they never took him to the cemetery to be buried so i don't even understand why that was even a thing why he was still there i guess plot points so to keep him there pretty much the movie that's how it goes through he exacts revenge and to these people who were disrespecting the American way, who are going against what he believes to be patriotic and American uh, values. We learn later on, because Jody is still not believing that his uncle would be capable of doing this because it's brought to light by this other child, Barry Cronin, who, again, it was another plot point. He was blind and in a wheelchair, and this was who P.J. Souls played the mother to. She wanted to 
show them, and I guess something happened the previous year to 4th of July, but they never went into it. So you have him burned up, and you're led to believe it was a fireworks incident, and Sam kind of makes a telepathic connection to him, and he says that he's going to exact revenge on these kids and everything. So I don't know if it was the same kids that we see get taken out in the cemetery the night before and the one from the um, that day, but it was kind of left open, so I didn't quite understand that. But when it comes to light that it is the possibility that Sam has come back and is doing this, Jody had a hard time believing it until his mother and his aunt, Louise Harper, say what a horrible person he was. And Louise was at this time seeing the deputy of the town, but she was very much scared that he was still alive regardless and still fearful for her life. He was an alcoholic and very abusive to her. And Sally, Jody's mother, says that growing up, he did unspeakable things to her and abused her and... They were all very glad that he was gone, um, but when they saw this trend or were formed of this, this, they put two and two together and realized that he had come back from the dead to, to finish out and mainly come back for Jody because Jody could be easily manipulated. Again, it's bizarre, but it got very dark very quick, which leads to probably one of the final final pieces of, of the, the, the puzzle here because the movie ends and Jody is done with his army stuff. And he's burning it, all these G.I. Joes, and it kind of made me cringe a little bit thinking about how much that money they were, would be worth now, like some of these vehicles and stuff, because it was all legit G.I. Joe action figures. But it leads you to believe that uh, Jody was not just Sally's son, but possibly actually Sam's son by way of incest. So it got really dark really quick. But all in all, that you know, there were just some things of note and there was one goof that I caught. There may be others, but near the end there's a, a dialogue between Jody and Sam in Louise's house and Sam's house. And he was standing by the door, Jody was, and the front door, and if you look over his left shoulder you see a I'm assuming to be a crew person sitting on the couch, almost looking like he's sleeping. And you see him twice, so I don't know if they didn't realize he was sitting there or whatever the case may be, but you can clearly see this person sitting there who definitely didn't belong in this scene. And that's it. That's the movie in a nutshell, pretty much. Um, sorry if I did spoil it, but I do recommend, highly recommend you watching it. It's good. I'm actually probably going to watch it again on the 4th of July uh, on a big, you know, and pay better attention because I kind of was watching it in the background while I was doing some other things. But the other thing to note too, just I real quick have to talk about Chef or, sorry, Jed, the character played by Isaac Hayes. The whole time, especially when he was dealing with Jody and Barry, I kept, I just finished playing uh, South Park, uh, a Stick of Truth uh, video game, and I just kept, you know, hearing the, the parts with the chef, oh, hey, kids, you know, and run along, children, and, you know, his chef-isms that you would hear from there. And I, a couple times it sounded very close to, to that, but I kept waiting and just kept seeing him as chef, and, and that's it, and hearing his chef, songs and talking about his salty balls yeah but it, it was good it was good to see him though and he was probably at least sight on unseen not sight unseen but probably the most prominent person in in the show so that's my little review my little recap and rundown of things about the movie uncle sam sorry just kind of long-winded but again this was all rushed at the last minute and i wanted to get it out for the fourth of july in which i think i'm going to hit that deadline so you all can enjoy your 4th of July holiday with Uncle Sam. That's it. Check it out. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. 
I hope that you enjoyed the show, and let's continue the discussion in the Mind of Smoothie and Podcast Friends Facebook group. You can also check out and like the Mind of Smoothie Facebook page. Other places you can find me on the internet are Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, at Mind of Smoothie. Also, be sure to check out MindofSmoothie.com to keep up to date on all the things and goings on in the Mind of Smoothie. That's going to do it. Take care, and we will talk on the next episode. Beep, beep,